Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this message in our current series. Well, good morning. So last fall, uh, for the very last time, my wife and I went through the college application process with our kids. <laughs> We're... Yeah, yeah, we, I deserve applause for that, right? You know, I didn't go through the last tuition payment, but we went through the last application process. And I remember uh, the the day Code had uh, applied early, and so it was uh, the end of November, if I remember right. And he came down to tell me, uh, "Dad, uh, result decisions are in." Word had started spreading among kids who had applied to this particular school. Decisions are in. It's in the email. We got to look. And there was like this tension. And I've been through this before. I think I'm more tense than the kids are. We opened it up and he got in. And man, we were high fiving, hugging, acting like, oh, we knew it. It was awesome. And then I had a moment of panic. I'm like, oh, wait, I hadn't seen the financial package yet. <laughs> I don't know if I can afford this, you know? We got to look at the numbers, and it all worked out. Acceptance is powerful. And alienation is too. Acceptance is powerful driver in our lives. It's a motivator. It can encourage and it can twist and alienation can do the very same thing. In Colossians chapter 1, where we're at, we're picking up around verse 12. And if you've, if you've got a Bible with you, man, this is a great passage just to follow along with if you've got it open on the app. If you don't have any of those things, don't worry about it. We're going to put it on the screen. But it just... It's a powerful passage. And Paul is going to talk to us about acceptance and alienation. But before he does, he, he wants to take us on a journey. And that journey is important. Um, and I want to I read it to you. It starts in verse 15. He says this. He says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. In other words, Paul is setting the stage and he's saying Jesus is the visible answer for everything. Jesus is the answer. In him, we see everything. And, and, and maybe you're like, ah, what, does that, what does that mean? And, and it's as if Paul says, let, let me show you. And, and, and he jumps to these next verses. And, and I, 
I, I was telling some of our, our Sunday serve team this this morning earlier. When I read these next verses, and this is one of my favorite passages, this and chapter three and the book of Colossians are just powerful, and I've been waiting for this. So if I'm a little, I'm a little jacked up, you know why. I love this passage, all right? So when I read these next verses, I, 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 sort, of, I, I sort of picture myself walking into a great hall, just a great long hall with the Apostle Paul. And he's saying, look, look, look. And here's what he says next about Jesus. He says, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and and on the earth, and it's like he, he walks us into this great hall, and he says, look, look, and, and it's like in the, uh, you walk through this long hall and these giant ceilings, and all the universe is arrayed around you, and he says, look, look at everything in the universe. Look at the majesty of it all. He made that. And it takes our breath away. The majesty of the universe He says, he made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He says, listen, it's it's like he walks through the arc of history. And all of the kingdoms and all of the kings and all of the strategies and all of the plans and every story that's ever been written, he said, it's all him. Don't you see? And as you walk down this great hall and the universe spreads before you and the arc of history plays out, he looks at you and he says, it's all him. It's all his. It's all for him. Every bit of it. It's all his. Verse 17, he says, he existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. We're so taken with it, but he's not done. He says, oh, look, look, look. And it's like we, we step into a new hall. And he says, Christ is also head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God, in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. It's like he's shown us the arc of history and the majesty of the universe. And then he says, this is how It all works. This is what God is doing. This is how God, Jesus Christ, is taking the broken world and making it whole and right and good. This is his plan. This is everything in Jesus. Oh. I mean, you get to the end of the hall and it's it's exhausting. It's overwhelming. It's it's awe-inspiring. And, 
and we don't know what to do with it. And you almost want to look at Paul and say, what What do I do? What do you do with all of that about Jesus? How does, it, how does all that come down to this little, finite, often twisted life I'm living? And Paul says, oh, come. And it's like, it's like he brings us into another room. And and in my imagination, this room is vast and empty, save one throne. It's just Jesus. And here is where he wants to tell you how it works. And with the arc of history behind you and the majesty of the universe and the work of God in the world, you now stand in this room Jesus. And he wants to tell you something. And this is where the story begins to come together. He he picks up in verse 21 and he says, This includes you. Come, come. This is you. This includes you who were once far away from God. The the King James that I grew up on, and some of you did too, uses the word alienated. It gets to the same place. Alienated. You were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. He's like, look, 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 you you stand before him without a single fault in this vast room before the throne of God. But know this, you were once far away. You were alienated. You were, but now. Follow me. You were, but now. Do you, do you see, remember last week we talked about how Paul was like a local given a guide to the kingdom? No, 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 don't, don't, don't miss this. I, I know, I know this place. You, if you're a Cape Codder, you're used to giving tours, right? You, you tell people all the time. And, and if, you're, if, if you've been a Cape Codder for any length of time, if you've even vacationed here, you know exactly how to give a tour, don't you? right? 100%. Right? Oh, my favorite restaurant, right? You know, ice cream, sharks. 
don't go here. Sorry to my friends from East Ham, right? You know, Chatham, Sharp Chum. You see what he's saying? You were over here, and now you're here. You were over here, but you're here. Armpit, right? I'm not saying anybody's the armpit. I'm just saying over there. But now, now, he's like a local guide. He's saying, now you're, you're here. Now you get a beach sticker. You were, but now. You were, but now. Do you see what he's doing? He's saying you were, but now you were, you were alienated. But now, you used to live there. But now, you're in Christ. You were, you are. You were there, but now in Christ, you're here. You see, alienation and acceptance are powerful. I just want to camp here for a second. I don't want to miss this. Alienation is what's wrong with us. Alienation. When we're living there and for there. Alienation is what's wrong with us collectively. And individually, what's wrong with my life when it's broken is that I'm alienated or I'm living a life alienated. I'm living like I'm there. Alienation. I'm living over there and for there. The Bible has a word for that. It's called idolatry. When we're living there for there. You see, when you, when, you, when you live over there and you live for there, you live for there. I've changed the there from T-H-E-R-E to T-H-E-I-R for all of the English grammar people in the room, right? When you, when you live over there, you end up living for their acceptance. Do you see what he's saying? You, you used to be, you were over there. And, and what's wrong with us and what's wrong with our world? We, we collectively live in a world that was created by alienated hearts. When you look around the world and you open up the newspaper and you see all manner of what is going on in our world, it's because our world is largely created by alienated hearts that are far, far from God. And he's saying here, he's saying you were far from him. But in Christ, you've been given a new home, a new place, a new standing. You see... When we live over there and we live for there, we live for their, their acceptance. And that acceptance, the lust 
for the acceptance of the world is consuming and that and and and, and the lust for acceptance is the it's the root of all dysfunction in our lives it's the root of anxiety it's the root of bitterness it's the root of consistent anger that never goes away it's the root of jealousy that robs us of the ability to enjoy anything good in life because of what someone else has or what we don't have and if that's true if then it's also this lust for the acceptance of their and that world and their, their, their approval, their acceptance, their fitting in, their, their way. It turns out then it's also the, the root of, of all addiction that we quench that desire for acceptance, for approval with. You were, you were, you were. It's like he's walked us into the throne room and he said, you were this, but, but, but. Now, now, you stand in his presence. (laughs) It doesn't always feel like that though, does it? Sometimes it feels like we're, we're far away. Paul's not quite done. One more verse. Here's what he says in verse 23. And, and, and this is where maybe it, 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 all, it all comes together. He said, but you must continue to believe this truth. This truth that you're accepted. You were, but you are. This is where you were and how you live, but in Jesus Christ, you've been accepted and you stand in his presence. And then he says this. He said, you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. Don't, don't leave. Stand in it. Don't drift. Don't fade away. Stand. Just stand in it. Stand there in his presence, in his acceptance. Just, just like, listen, that's what we do when we come together and we, we, we open the word. We're, we're standing in the presence of his word. We're listening to what he says and we're standing in the presence of his acceptance. We're hearing it over and over and over again. When we come together and we sing these songs of affirmation and we listen to the words, we're standing in the presence of God and we're being reminded about who he is and what he said. When we pause for our hectic schedules for long enough to be quiet and listen to his spirit in worship and in prayer. We're standing in his presence. And this is what Paul is saying. Listen, listen, you were there, but now you have been granted, accepted into his presence because of Jesus Christ. Just don't, don't leave. I know you're busy. I know you're distracted and you got stuff to do and stuff to fix, but just 
Do me a favor, just stay there, just stay there, just stand there in his presence and hear what he's saying. A couple of uh, months ago, I was, I was waking up way, way too early. It was like 4 a.m., it was still dark out. And I was wide awake a couple, a couple mornings in a row, and the window was open. And I noticed it, and I just never noticed before. Right before dawn, the birds go crazy. Right? Some of you have noticed this, you're earlier risers than me. I mean, they're like, wow, wow, wow. I mean, it was like, and my neighbor feeds them, so I think I've like, I live next to a zoo or something. I mean, they're just, and, and I'm like, listen to them. Like, now I really can't get back to sleep, right? It's 4 a.m., it's dark, the light's coming up, and these birds, and I'm, and I'm listening, and I'm like, there's a part of me that's like, Ooh. What kind of, what are, I, I, I was curious because every morning I noticed it was the same it was the same one that started it off it's like I didn't I don't I'm, I'm not a very I'm a, even worse at bird sounds than I am at singing and I'm like I wonder what that is so so I I just on a whim I I did a quick search of like bird sounds and I discovered an app. There's an app for everything called, I don't know, it's like the Merlin, because honestly, it's like magic, bird app. And I put this thing on my phone, and you open it up, and you press the button, and it starts listening for bird sounds. And then I'm, I'm like, this is, it's, it's like magic. Like, it shows up on your screen. Oh, that's a, that's a warbler. So, song sparrow, lots of song sparrows. They're everywhere. You know? Oh, Baltimore Oriole. I've been doing this for weeks now. I'm like obsessed with the thing. Like we're, we were out walking the bird, uh, the, the bike path, and I'm like walking. I'm like looking down. I caught 10 of them. I didn't see any of them. I just, I just heard them. I mean, I heard stuff. And what will happen is like, as it hears it, it pops up on your screen. Oh, that's a... Uh, you know, there's a, you know, that's a Baltimore Oriole. That's a, a I, I, I tried to memorize these names before I came and preached this, and now they're all out of my head. But I mean, there's like this long list and finches and like stuff like that. Who knew these things were out there? Chickadees? I mean, I just thought there were all sparrows and a few crows and a lot of seagulls. I mean, I didn't know any of this other stuff was out there. And now I'm like, look at it. I'm like showing this to my wife. And we're, we're like, we're going on watch just to find birds stuff. And we're just like listening, like, oh, there's birds, birds, birds. You get where I'm going with this, don't you? Like, like, uh, Paul is saying, oh, so, so, slow down, slow down. Listen. He just thought it was chatter. He just thought God was like running through the world. Oh, he's speaking through his word, through worship, through his spirit. Stop, listen, listen. Stand in his presence, because here's what you'll hear him say. Over and over and over again, you'll hear him sing this song. You are accepted. Because of what Jesus Christ has done, you are accepted. No matter what you've done, you are accepted. No matter where you've been or how long you've been gone, because of Jesus Christ, you 
are accepted. You were here, but because of Jesus Christ, because you entered into that gift, you are accepted. You stand in his presence, in front of him, as perfect. You're accepted. And it's not based on what you've done or how well you perform. You're accepted. And you say, does that mean, does that mean that I can just, you know, like... You can do whatever you want. (laughs) This is beautiful. It's the opposite of that. You see, enduring acceptance is powerful. The enduring acceptance of Jesus Christ is transformational. Like when you stand in his presence and you realize how you've been accepted, it sets you free because in his acceptance, you don't need their acceptance. You get to live in this place and you don't have to live in that place. You don't have to go back to that world and back to that way and live for that way because you're living in his presence. And here's what it does. It breaks the cycle of sin and dysfunction in your life. This is what makes it powerful. If you've ever been there, if you find yourself kind of trapped in a cycle of doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. He breaks the cycle. He doesn't break it with guilt. He doesn't break it with the threat of judgment. He breaks it with his overwhelming, enduring acceptance in his presence. And when we stand with him and we realize we have been accepted in Jesus Christ, and I don't need to go back and live there for there. I can live right here, and it's enough. And here's what's beautiful, because it changes us at the soul level. You know why you keep doing the same thing over and over and again? The same reason I do, because I want to. Because I can only hold on, turn over a new leaf and white knuckle it for so long. But in his presence standing and staying in his presence listening to his acceptance it changes me at the level of the soul at the level of desire it changes what I want it doesn't mean I'm never tempted to go back and live on the other side But the longer I'm in his presence, the more the more I want what he wants, the more his acceptance, his enduring acceptance of me through Jesus Christ transforms me and changes what I want. And all of a sudden, the soul My desire has changed. And the cycle is broken in his presence. Do you see what Paul is saying? He says, come, come, come into this room. 
stand right here with Jesus. I want you to know something. You used to be over there. But because of the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you're here. And you never have to leave. Stand here. Listen to what he says. And he will change you. Would you bow with me? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Listen, we walk down that hall. That great hall and the universe played out in front of us. <laughs> the arc of history, every ruler, every king, every story, every strategy. The work of God in the world. And then we step into that room in his presence. And Paul says... You were alienated from God. But because of Jesus Christ, you have been accepted. Don't leave that. And it may be that listening to this right now, what you need to do is just sit there in his presence. Maybe it's to reflect on the cycle that needs to be broken in your life that you've all but given up on and catch a glimpse that he can change you and me at the soul level of desire. Maybe you are here and you've been on the fence about Jesus. Unsure, unready to say yes. He's inviting you in. Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, you too can be accepted. It's a free gift, but he won't force it on you. It's your decision to say yes to him. But if you hear him calling, I invite you to say yes today. That decision is the moment we go from you were but now you are. So I want to invite you, if that's your story, to pray with me a simple prayer. Saying yes to Jesus Christ. And in the moment you do, that gift he speaks of becomes yours. You were, but now, because of Jesus, you are accepted in him. If you want to say yes to that gift, and in the quiet of the moment, I invite you to pray something like this. There's no magic words. It's the faith of your heart he's listening to. 
you might pray something like this. Dear God, you know me. Every piece of my story is open before you. I confess it all. The good, the bad, the hidden, the shameful, the struggle. I confess it all. And Jesus Christ, I trust you as my Savior. I believe you died on the cross for me so that I could stand before God accepted, pure, whole. Jesus Christ, I say yes. Help me now to live my life fully for you. In Jesus' name, amen.